0: What is up everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sacktown Movie Buffs. Once again, I'm Kier and this is Jason and we are back again doing our top 10 uh, films of the year series. uh, If you caught any of our previous shows, once again, we started uh, from 2005 and now we've rolled our way all the way. What? Oh, I'm sorry, 1995. (laughs) 1995. Yeah, just 10 years there. Yeah, 1995, we rolled our way all the way up to 2012. Um, So we're getting there.
1: We're getting it's there, the, it's the series that will never end. <laughs> it's a series that just keeps on coming, <laughs> so yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but like I said, the good news is that we've already done 2020 and we've already done 2019, so we only have to do 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, and then we're good to go. And, and then, those are
1: all two shows, yeah, so.
0: <laughs> those are all two shows, and then and then we're done, and then we don't have to do any more top tens until you know 2021's over, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Uh, which is starting off to be a pretty good year actually so a lot of films i've liked so far um but uh yeah so i say without further ado man we got a lot of films to cover so i say we just get right into it um so before we actually get into our countdown uh so if this is your first time joining us once again uh for part one of 2012 we will do our number uh 10 through number six And then uh, we come back for another show where we'll do our number five through number one. uh, And then hopefully with some honorable mentions as well. Uh, But in this show, before we actually get into our our real top ten, we actually sign each other challenge films. So Jason assigned me a film that I hadn't seen that he has seen. And I signed him a film that he hadn't seen that I'd seen. Um, So I'm going to kick it off uh, with the film that he chose for me, which was Room 237. So I'm going to talk about that one for just a brief moment. So Room G37 uh, is basically, um, and I probably, you know, will describe this the best, but it's basically about a bunch of uh, over analytical <laughs> film nerds that basically took the movie The Shining and basically break down the film frame for frame. And basically, come up with all these, you know, maybe truths, maybe conspiracy theories about Stanley Kubrick and the elements that he included into The Shining. We're talking things like if you pause the movie at the very <laughs> beginning, there is a picture of Stanley Kubrick in the clouds, um, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so, very, uh, some things in there I, I could see. Um, you know, uh, there's an image here of room 237. I'll give you an example that, uh, it's a picture of the floor, which is said to be a phallic symbol. Um, for example, um, that I can see Stanley Kubrick's, uh, face in the clouds. No many, how many times I pause it. I don't see that. Yeah. We're also the same people that, uh, One of the guys says, I'm not saying that we never went to the moon. I'm just saying that the images that we saw of the moon landing was faked and it was made by Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) Example. Um, And that's pretty much the gist of what the film is about. They basically just go through the film, overanalyze it. They remind me of the people that um, if you go to like IMDB, Internet Movie Database, and you look up a film, if you scroll down to the bottom of the film, they have goofs. And there's all these like errors that are made in films. And there's literally a host of people that just watch films looking for errors. Most of them are like cutting for continuity, that kind of stuff like that. So like, you know, they shot at different times of the day and and that kind of thing. Um, So the clouds don't look the same from this frame to this frame, that kind of stuff. That's what these people are basically. These are the kind of people that probably just don't enjoy watching the film just for what it is. They're gonna go super into it and analyze it in every which way uh my overall take is i didn't care for so much um it just Ah. it just i don't know i just didn't care for it a lot of it was just conspiracy theory you know there might have been some truth to some of the stuff but a lot of it was just you know way overanalyzed way too much and it's like you're not even having fun watching the movie you're just picking little parts that you if you freeze this second just if you freeze a frame for this second you can see you know an intentional obviously purposely phallic symbol that was made on this box you know what i mean and you're just like was the,
1: yeah the the file the yeah the uh like the file yeah. basket or whatever on the desk I just, <laughs> hilarious
0: it just kind of turned me off because a lot of it was just not you know i it, unfounded and and i gotta imagine that half of the stuff that they found just wasn't wasn't you know wasn't legit or true there might have been some truths to it but a lot of the stuff i just it just i didn't i didn't jive with i didn't think that it it was and you know there was like this stuff about all this like you know nazism and stuff like that that the kubrick was was you know obviously against being jewish um so supposedly he chose this film to bring all these like nuances about anti-nazism but they were like but he couldn't confront it head on so he had to do it in like all these suggestive ways but they named like 50 different ways that he supposedly brought it into the film and i'm just like i don't know at some point i just kind of lost interest and it was just it, it just got kind of just stale for me in terms of not believable because i couldn't believe a lot of the stuff and and so i just kind of was checked out but midway through i was just kind of waiting for it to finish so just just wasn't for me i just you know it's just it's just not a fun way to for people to go through and analyze because you can literally do that with every film. You could literally find a group of people that can find any film and splice it up and find little subtle nuances in the film that the director threw these little hidden, and I don't mind Easter eggs. I don't mind you pause a film, you pause a, a Friday the Thirteenth film, and then the freeze frame. There's an image of Freddy Krueger in the background or something of that nature. That's cool. I, I like that kind of stuff. But all these other things, all these symbolisms and things of this nature, I, I felt like they were just kind of a reach for a lot of them, and so it just kind of turned me on when I clearly realized that a lot of these things were unfounded and were reaching. So for me, I, I just couldn't jive with it. So just it didn't it didn't do much for me, unfortunately, because of that. So.
1: Oh, man. I, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, I I absolutely love this movie. I don't know if I should talk about it now or wait until because, you know, spoiler alert, it's in the uh, bottom half of my top 10. So you well I can talk it. about it now or I can talk about it. I can talk about it now or I can talk about it later. What do you think? Well, best?
0: clearly you loved it. So but you can just talk about it. I guess when you bring it in your top 10, when we can refresh. Yeah. What you liked about yeah. it. I guess. So it was more. This is more sorry, my man. opinion I, on it. So uh, you can yeah. Talk about yeah. It when, it, when you when you bring it in, but I didn't like it for those reasons. It okay, just it was just too too much reaching for me. So um, it would have been yeah. really interesting if they just narrowed it down. Um, and it felt a little long. It's like an hour and forty minutes long. It felt a little long for me, and so I was just kind of like oh, on and on and on. About all this <laughs> and that's all it is. It's just an hour and forty minutes of conspiracy theories about the film. And I don't know. It's just it just kept it got repetitive and just redundant after a while. And so I just didn't care anymore. I was just kind of checked out midway through, you know, because a lot of it was just unfounded. A lot of it, you know, even if there was something that was really cool, they would follow up with something that was really stupid. You know what I mean? So it just <laughs> kind of, I just kind of checked out after a certain point. So just not, yeah, yeah. but, um, but cool. Well, you can definitely talk about it when, you know, you. In a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in a few minutes here. Um, so, Yeah. and then you had a homework assignment that I assigned to you uh which almost everybody's seen so for you but we'll bring that in nevertheless mm, i
1: don't
0: know about that <laughs> it's pretty popular it's a pretty big hit and i don't know why it's in i must have downloaded the wrong version but anyways it's the it's the the born <laughs> legacy uh it's got like japanese writing for some reason i, I couldn't see that on. The oh i downloaded it so um
1: but nice job probably... gear yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, just, you know, we just we we just recorded a show before this um, about, you know, our year anniversary doing this. And part of that discussion was our differences in our tastes. You know, we agree a lot. We disagree a lot. So this is a perfect illustration of Room 237 being a movie that you I love. And you checked out halfway through and The Boring Legacy being an example of a movie that you loved. That I was checked out halfway through. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean,
0: I Born I... Legacy is not on my top ten, so I will say that.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, you know, I, you know, I, I do, I do like the other Born movies. I do, um, and so it's not anything that I have against the Born movies, um, and it's not anything against I have anything I have against Jeremy Renner or uh, you know, in any Rachel Vice or you know, this movie has a great cast. I didn't dislike it. Um, it just kind of. It it just didn't do a whole lot for me, and I you know I I, I haven't researched it thoroughly, but I think I think it was kind of consi- not that this matters you know, um, but I think I think it was kind of considered a flop because that's why they I mean it wasn't supposed to be kind of a reboot because Jason uh, Matt Damon wanted to move on to other things, and this was kind of like handing over the reins for a test run for Jeremy Renner, but it it wasn't a big enough of a hit so they never carried that storyline on I thought. I thought that's what know, I remember. Yeah, there's reading also, back also in the day.
0: supposed to be another film where they're both gonna be together. So I've heard that theory as well. So uh, they're not they weren't necessarily done with that story, so I'm I'm not for sure. So I'm not for okay, sure.
1: Okay, okay. Like thing. I said, not that not that, that matters. A lot of movies have been, you know, financial failures that were great. So um, but yeah, I mean like I like the action in this movie, but for me this one, um, and it seems to me more more so than the other ones, in my you know, in my estimation anyway. This one, like, the balance was tipped a little too far. Like, there wasn't enough action, you know, for me. Um, it was, the balance seemed to be tipped more in, for, more in favor of, like, the, because these movies always have that. They always, like, a good chunk of them is a bunch of, like, very serious people in suits in like, rooms full of monitors, like, yelling at each other and, like, all this top-level government conspiracy talk. And I just, I'm not interested in that stuff. I, don't, I can't follow it. I'm not interested in following it, really. I always want to get back to the street-level action stuff. And the other Bourne movies, I guess the balance is not tipped that far in, in favor of that. Or maybe I just like it more because I like Joan Allen and Julia Stiles. Um, but this time, it seemed way too much of Edward Norton yelling at people in, you know, dark rooms and I just wanted to get back to because I really liked the Jeremy Renner and the the Rachel Weisz stuff. It had kind of a Terminator vibe to me, you know, kind of a Michael Bean, Linda Hamilton on the road, you know, running kind of vibe. And I liked those scenes, and they, there was some pretty good action in there. But there just wasn't there was just wasn't enough. It would always go right back to like the the men in the dark rooms yelling at each other about Blackbriar and all this stuff that I just couldn't follow and wasn't interested in really. So um, you know, I didn't dislike it. I just it didn't, you know, it didn't 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 have much of an effect on me either way, really. So Okay. fair enough. Right. Sorry, man. Oh yeah, like I said, it's fine.
0: It wasn't in my top ten, but it's one that I like that I did like. So Yeah, yeah. It it was it would have rounded up my top twenty-five. I don't know where it ranks. So
1: And something that I I would think would bother you a little bit, and I'm not gonna spoil it too much, but like in the very in the last half hour of the movie They seem to be, they bring in this new character, like as an antagonist, and they they kind of like, oh, he better watch out. This guy's on his trail. And so you're expecting some like big epic fight at the end or something between them. And it never happens. It's like they introduce this guy. Oh, he's like the Mm. uh, anti-born. He's on his way. He's after him. And then uh, you know it just doesn't doesn't happen that way. And normally I like it when a movie you know throws curveballs or isn't predictable or whatever. But this time I was like, really, they're not gonna they're not gonna throw down. Uh, but you know, so again, it goes back to like they're just they're not being enough of the, the action in there that I was looking for. So
0: okay, fair enough. Hey, different strokes for different folks. So yep, yep, yep. Cool. Well, sounds like neither one of us loved our challenge films, which. It's not always 100% surprising, but you know, it's one of those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah that's true. Uh, there's probably there's probably a good reason a lot of times why well, we haven't seen those films. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. You know, so, maybe. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. Well, we'll get into our real top 10, <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah. Um, um, So I'll go ahead and kick it off then, since uh, I started with my challenge film. So, my number 10 film of 2012 is going to be Dread, which is a oh. remake. Um, of uh, basically Judge Dredd with uh the old uh, uh Sylvester Stallone. Um, only in this one it stars um, what's the guy's name?
1: Um, oh, Carl uh, Urban. Urban, Urban, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Carl Urban is in this one. Um, and uh, this one's more gritty, uh, whereas D- Judge Dredd, I felt more, uh, I am the law, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you
1: know, cartoony. Now,
0: yeah it was a little corny a little um you know that late 80s early 90s corniness to it um that a lot of those films had that you know stallone and and schwarzenegger were in around that particular time uh this one's way more serious uh this one he's basically uh tasked with uh kind of going into like this like uh uh and which is interesting because it's you know foreshadowing there's another film in my countdown that deals with almost the same topic where he has to go into like this uh, giant high rise. And basically there's a big baddie boss at the top of the high rise. And they basically have to like kind of fight their way. He has a, a new trainee rookie with her with him, And she's, they're both in like this high rise, like fighting their way through like all these like bad people in this building. That's like been basically locked down on them. They have to fight their way to like this drug kingpin. This is at the top of the building basically. So it's just a, you know, just balls the wall kind of like action film. And I love that kind of stuff. I love action films in general. A lot of the films in my countdown <laughs> are going to be action films. Uh, but this one I just thought was so much fun. I just, I love the the serious tone of it. Um, he pretty much wears the, the the helmet the entire film. So you don't even get to see his face really. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. And I just love how they just, you know, go through and they're like, they're not only fighting like, you know, bad people in the building. They're also fighting like uh, dirty cops that are in the building that also are, uh, uh basically judges because if you know the story it's, it's set in the future where basic cops are like you know judge jury and executioner they, they basically make a decision whether or not you go to jail you get arrested or they just kill you on the spot based on whatever type of crime you, you committed so um So they're basically granted the right to basically, you know, decide out there, which is a very scary world to live in, especially what we know about cops today. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) uh, they they are really the kind of people that you want to be given that kind of power where they can make those kinds of decisions, uh, in in my opinion. Uh, But uh, but uh, nevertheless, a really, really good action film. So if you like a really good action film that is pretty much nonstop. You know what I mean? It's pretty much action from like beginning to end, basically. Especially once they reach the high rise, it just it just doesn't stop. It's just insane bananas, lots of death, lots of killing, lots of violence. Um, right up my alley. So that's my number ten film of two thousand and twelve, Dread.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Dread. I love Dread. In fact, um, I, I, I I thought it I thought it wasn't released until twenty thirteen. So I think it's on my twenty thirteen list from back yeah, it when pops I
0: pops up for 2012 on, um, on, uh, um, uh, Imp Awards as well. So, um, so that's, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And I had in my 2012 uh, countdown also. So,
1: yeah, I don't know why I'd be missing out of mine. Cause, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I love that movie to me. Um, you know, we're still kind of living in an age where, you know, especially with, you know, Marvel and all that kind of stuff, Um, action movies are rarely, you know, rated R, you know what I mean? Like they're all family friendly for the most part. And this movie is brazenly, brazenly R rated. So, you know, I love that. It was kind of a return to like the days of like predator and total, you know, the original total recall and it's gory. I mean, this movie is gore drenched and I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh yeah, the style of the movie is great. The music is great. Um, it's just yeah, it's an incredible movie for sure. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I checked
0: IMDb has it 2012. Letterboxd has it 2012. Also, so I don't know. Right?
1: Yeah, but you have to, uh, you have to check when like when it got actually released to theaters. So September. I mean, it does September yeah.
0: 2012.
1: Really? Oh yeah. man, I must have just missed it. Then I yeah. could have sworn that was 2013. Oh well. Yeah,
0: this is USA September 2012.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it would have been in my top 10, but it'd have been real close. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, that is, uh, you know, that's my number 10. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So cool. (laughs) All right. Moving along. And like we've had this conversation where we have these discussions where it depends on the placement of the year, but no, that one says 2012 all over the board. So um, you definitely wrong on that one. Um, (laughs) Okay. Whatever. (laughs) But uh, moving on to your number 10, I'll go ahead and bring that in for you. Um, which is going to be, Bernie?
1: Bernie, yeah, I love this movie. Um, it's it's personally, I think Jack Black should have got an Oscar nomination for this movie. Um, he, I, I can't remember if he got. I think he may have gotten a Golden Globe nomination, but uh, didn't win. Um, he plays. It's based on a true story. Um, it's something kind of different for him because it's kind of it. It is comedy. He gets to do his Jack Black thing a little bit, but he's not like. Jack black all the time like you're used to him being in this movie um, he is actually sinking into a character you know that's not Jack Black um, and I, I say that loving Jack Black and whenever he does his Jack black thing I love it but um, he, he it's a true it's a true crime story um, which would actually probably go over really well now because everybody loves true crime these days um, but it's directed by Richard Linklater who's one of my favorite favorite filmmakers um, and he stars as a uh, a mortician or funeral, dire- funeral director um, who moves to this small town and makes friends with an older lady named Shirley McLean. And uh, long story short, she ends up dead. And it's kind of like I said, it's a true crime story um, about what happened there. And I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a really entertaining movie. It's funny. Uh, but it's also got a lot of drama to it. Um, it's got Matthew McConaughey as the sheriff, if I remember right. It's been a while since I watched it, but it's just a really fun, entertaining, but also dark uh, true the crime.
0: Lawyer? Is he the lawyer or the sheriff? Is he the lawyer?
1: I thought he was. A, I thought he was a cop in the movie. I, it's been a while. It's I been a he's while. Been
0: trying the case. I just watched it recently. I thought he was like in a courtroom oh. trying the case or something like that.
1: Maybe I, it's been a long yeah. time since okay. I watched it, but I watched it like at least at least three or four times soon after it came out. So, um, but in any case, he's he's definitely a supporting character. It's all about Jack Black and oh, Shirley right. MacLaine, and both of them are great. And it's just a really entertaining movie that I think um, sh- I you know I wish it was more well known than it is. It was it was some it was a little bit of a hit when it came out, you know, on the art house circuit at least. Um, but I think it's kind of disappeared but it's it's definitely worth watching
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. <laughs> um, i didn't know if you were done talking so i don't want to interrupt you or anything oh um yeah. yeah no no i i like bernie it's really really good it's in my honorable mentions i watched it a f- few months back or whatever um it is really really good like i said it didn't make quite make my top 10 but it is a really really good movie it's very very funny um like i said i think it is one of jack black's best roles and you know, that mm-hmm. is kind of saying a lot, though, because he's not really the kind of guy that you think of getting, like, Oscar nominations or anything of that nature. But he is really, really good in there. Um, so, you know, he, he – I, and I don't know what other films were up that year. You know, it's almost a decade now. I'm not really for sure. But, um, but you know, definitely – Based on the year, I, I think that he probably deserved some sort of nod. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if he would have won that year, but it would have been nice to see him get an Oscar nomination for sure. So, you know, that's what I yeah. think that's kind of the, the the harsh reality about any of these award shows that are so judge uh, subjective, I guess. Is that I don't know if, if he gets taken that seriously because he's Jack Black or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. You know what, yeah. what I mean? I think you put somebody else in that role that, you know, is more known for acting. And, you know, not saying that it would have been the same movie or as good or worse or whatever case may be, but maybe, you know, they put on that same performance. Maybe they give a nod. I don't know. You know, I know that that's sometimes that's the Oscars are, though. So, you know, yeah, you got yeah. to you know, you have two films that are really, really good in a row or something. And then they go, OK, this guy really can act. Let's uh, let's throw him a bone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think he did get a Golden Globe nomination. But, you know, they have two categories there. You know, they have drama and musical or comedy. And yeah. this is probably one where they probably stuck it in musical or comedy. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. And yeah. you know, yeah, and then yeah, it just Austin didn't. You know, he didn't make such, the top
0: five. You know, a category that's as, they're not as broad as the Golden Globes. You have a little bit of an easier shot right. to win with the Golden Globes for sure, based on that additional category. So,
1: right, cool. right, yeah, yeah,
0: good, good, good choice. Definitely like that one for sure. So, cool. All right, moving on to my number nine. Uh, This film wasn't initially in my top 10 that year. It was in my honorable mentions, but I rewatched it a couple, uh, about a month or two ago and bumped it up. There was another film that I rewatched and I'll get into that probably in the next show um, that I rewatched. I I had actually really, really high. It was in my top five and I rewatched it and just didn't like it quite as much the second time around. But this one I watched for the, the second time around and bumped it up in my top 10 and now it's already number nine. And that film is going to be... Safety not guaranteed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I got such a kick watching it the second time around. It's just this really, really fun film. Stars avi Plaza. And a uh, basically, uh, she works at like this, uh, kind of like a newspaper or, or like a magazine or something of that nature. And uh, she's kind of an intern there. And they come across this article there's a guy posted in a in a in a uh, in a magazine or, or in a newspaper, basically, uh, listening people to come seek him out uh, about traveling uh, time travel, basically, um, and safety is not guaranteed. You know, your safety is not guaranteed. <laughs> And so them and a couple other people that work at this like this this advertising agency or whatever there was this 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 interview agency or whatever they are they decide to basically go travel and, and, and meet this guy and stake him out and he is just uh, hilarious uh, uh, it's played by uh, what's his name um, Mark uh, it's uh, Mark Duplass. Du- Duplass yeah Mark Duplass yeah. Um, he is just hilarious in this film. Uh, you know, he's really quirky. You know, he says that he built like this time travel machine and, you know, of course they don't believe him. And yeah, uh, because he's just really weird and quirky and he works at like, you know, like a department store and just doesn't seem like a really, really, you know, necessarily on the up and up educated guy. And so uh, uh, one of the people that, that she works with tries to basically confront him or, or basically, you know, say he's interested in the ad and, He basically asks him a couple questions, doesn't believe he's believable, and basically sends this guy packing. So they send her in basically as, you know, you know, a female that he might be interested in, and might get a little bit more information, and they kind of form like this friendship. So she's like actually going like on these like missions with him, where he's like going like like breaking into like warehouses and like stealing parts for his time machine that he's gonna travel to the future in. And it's really really interesting. I just it's just a funny film. It's it's, it's just a blast. And I don't know. I watched it. I just loved it. I just had a really really good time, especially the second time around. It was like one of those films that got better for me the second time watching it because I'd only seen it that one time in 2012 and i really liked it but i was like you know what i should give this one another go and when i watched it again it just it got even that much better for me so that is my number nine film safety not guaranteed
1: yeah that's that's one i don't i should probably do the same thing you know because i haven't seen it since i saw it in the theater back then um and i liked it i liked it quite a bit um but i never i never went back and i think it's on netflix now isn't it
0: yeah, I think so. I don't think I had to pay for it when I because I, I didn't rewatch it on because I don't own it. I didn't rewatch it online. Yeah, so. I think I think it was Netflix. I, I, I doubt that I paid for I, it. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember liking it a lot. Um, I was I've always been a fan of Mark Duplass, and uh, I didn't know who Aubrey Plaza was at the time. I think she yeah, was on Community, either, yeah. and I never watched Community. Yeah. Um, but. You know, of course, I love Aubrey Plaza now. Um, yeah, a lot yeah, things, so. she's really
0: quirky. I, you know, she's actually, you know, moving up as one of my favorite actresses at this point because just the films that... Because she gets a lot of the roles because she's kind of... She's funny, and she's also just slightly weird looking <laughs> so she yeah. kind of, Like based on that. She's got kind of bug eyes a little bit and she just gets a lot of roles. Like just like those, those quirky type roles. Um, so she's perfect. Yeah. Those types of films that they give her, like the Ingrid goes West and that sort of thing. She's yeah. really good in those, those types of roles where she's gets to be like this, like kind of funny, kind of quirky, you know, um, like even the, one of the guys in there, he was like kind of making fun of her, like basically saying that like, um, uh, she, there was a, there's a, there's a scene in there where he, the guy's talking about like following this, one of the other guys that's with them, uh, just happened, they happened to be in a town where there's this girl that he knew in high school that he was really interested in like dating or whatever, uh, or reconnecting with or whatever. And she was like, yeah, that's going to just kind of be kind of creepy to like, you know, have this guy like follow you and, and come and find you uh, like 20 years after high school to like, you know, be with you. And he's basically like, well, yeah, it would only be creepy if a guy did that for you because it look at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not distracted. you're not the kind of girl that a, that a guy would do that for. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a definitely really, really funny one. Definitely one you should re-watch if you if you haven't seen it in many years, for sure. Maybe I will. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Yeah. All right, moving on to, uh, yeah, you're number nine. We'll go ahead and bring that bad boy in for you. And that is <laughs> going to
1: be Magic Mike. Yep. Magic Mike. Magic Mike. Yeah, I I love this movie. Um, it is directed by Steven Soderbergh, um, who is one of my favorite, favorite filmmakers. Uh, an incredibly uh, eclectic and prolific film director. I mean, like, he's quote-unquote retired a while ago, and I think he's gotten more prolific after he retired, actually. Um, but this was from a time period that i really liked for him because he he put out 3 movies in less than a year i think or or like 12 to 14 months or something like that and that was yeah i know he put out haywire two year. yeah 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 he put out contagion haywire and magic mike all in i think less than a year and like not only did i love all 3 of those movies but they could not be more different I mean, they could could not be more different, let alone all the kinds of movies he's made the rest of his career. So, he's just he's a fascinating filmmaker to me. Um, Magic Mike, I think, was probably my favorite of those three, though. Um, it is, I think it's, I think it's interesting because I think probably a lot of people went to it thinking it was just going to be like I don't know, Showgirls or Coyote Ugly, you know, something like that. Just a, you know like just a silly movie about uh, strippers. But I think what makes this movie interesting is that it's not just that. I mean, to me, this is much more a movie. Um, it's, it's actually, it's pretty dark in a lot of ways. And it's just, it's not just about like, it's basically, you know, it's a lot closer to me, uh, a movie like Boogie Nights or like uh, Saturday Night Fever, which is about like kind of the hedonistic rush of, you know, being young and making your living off of your body um, and making money, and, and getting laid, and all that kind of stuff. But it's also about kind of the dark underbelly of that, the underside, uh, you know, the drugs, the crime, the, you know, the, the the morning after stuff. So I think in that sense, it's like a really interesting movie, and I think a lot of people who probably went to see it just to see, uh, you know, Channing Tatum ride around, uh, they were probably disappointed that it's actually a lot more of a drama uh, than it is just a, uh, you know, less less let's let's look at the sexy people movie so um yeah i think it's it's really it's funny uh it's got it does have entertainment value um but it's also pretty dark it's 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 definitely a drama more than a comedy that's for sure and uh the acting is very good you know uh it's 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 just a really good all-around movie so yeah that's definitely my number nine uh magic mike so yeah
0: cool uh, yeah, yeah you know, it, I, I there is some serious elements to it, but I don't know. It's still pretty much it's about dudes stripping. So um, that's the, just uh-huh. and they made a sequel and all the girls at my job were all lined up to see the sequel because I don't think they came away disappointed from watching the first one. I think they 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 went to go see beef Cakes, basically. So um, I, I disagree with you on that part. I don't think any of them came away disappointed because it was more drama because they all lined up. For the the Magic Mike XL, it was all nothing but girls. Like, oh, I love the first one; they were all so sexy and hot and yada yada yada. So I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. And it is a lot of stripping, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Not really. There's like three scenes, and like the rest of it is all like you know parties and you know, know. other stuff. I don't know. It's so. it's
0: a it's a male stripping movie, um, so not mm. not not for me. So, but uh, yeah, I it, it just wasn't for me. So, but cool. Great choice, great choice.
1: Cool.
0: I mean, if I was like a 15 year old girl, maybe I like nah,
1: it. Nah, see, it's not like that though, man. I mean, that's like I saying like Saturday Night, Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever is just a disco dancing movie. I it's not. Know. It's a movie about. Uh, it's a movie about drugs. It's a movie about suicide. Um, it was, there's a lot more to it than that, I think. I guess, so. I, guess,
0: I, I, guess I didn't get those nuances. So but, yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, yeah, that's it. Different strokes. You know, let us know down in the comments, you know, is is Magic Mike uh, as deep as Jason says it is, or is it primarily just a male stripper movie? Uh, We'll see. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, moving on, uh, we'll we'll, we'll turn the page on that and move on to uh, my number eight film, which is uh, more similar to my number 10 film, actually. Which is gonna be The Raid Redemption. Um uh, which is another film, basically another action movie. This one's actually a uh foreign film. Uh Korean? I don't remember. Um uh
1: Thai, I think.
0: Thai. Maybe yeah, maybe Thai. I can't remember I exactly what the what country. Maybe it is Thai. Um yeah. the Raid Redemption is basically uh About uh, a group of cops uh, that are basically tasked with going into another a high rise building, kind of like Dread, to basically get to take out like a big you know drug kingpin at the top of the building. Uh, This one, as opposed to Dread, Dread was more there was like hand to hand combat, but it was more like shooting. Uh, This one has definitely some shooting, but this is more like martial arts. Um, So it's more about hand to hand combat, more fighting. um, You know, basically a group of elite. You know, cops are basically tasked. Well, one of them's a rookie. The main guys a rookie, um, and there's some spoilers, but there's a reason why he wants to go into that building as well. Um, but um, but they basically go in, and they're basically are locked into the building. A group of cops are locked into the building, and they basically have to kind of like fight their way out. And you know, basically the 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 head kingpin basically he has all these tenants, and basically tells them you'll get free rent if you exterminate the the vermin inside of our building. And so basically, literally everybody comes out of there like. You know houses with like machetes and guns and you know bats and anything they can get their hand on and they're basically attacking and trying to kill the cops and it's just like a fight for your life non-stop action basically from beginning to end and i love those kind of movies and it's perfect um there is a sequel which i think is even better i like the sequel even better i think oh yeah easy easy
1: more,
0: more uh, expansive of a story but this one is just if you just want to knock them down fight edge of your seat for you know hour and a half or whatever however long the running time is this is definitely the movie for you just great action great fight scene sequences and just just a lot of fun like i said it is you know it is foreign foreign language um there is a dub version as well i i might even i can't remember if i saw a foreign language or a dub version in theaters i don't remember I can't remember. I now. think it was dubbed. I think dubbed, but it didn't bother me one yeah. bit. You know, um, they 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 improved the dub on the on the second one. I think, but um, but no, just a really really fun, great action film, great martial art film. So that is my number of film, The Raid Redemption.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. I like that movie a lot. Although I do think the sequel is way better than the first one. Um, I do. I like the first one, but like you said, the second one has a lot more. Uh, a larger story, uh, you know, even better action scenes and stuff like that. So yeah, I like I like the first one a lot. It's kind of it's kind of one note in a way, but it it plays that note really, really well. So, you know, it's not in my top ten, but I did like it a lot for sure. Cool. The sequel is probably in my top ten of whatever year that came out. Yeah, though. I don't think I, won't I say that. looked at
0: that <laughs> It's probably two years later or something or maybe the next year. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. We'll know when we yeah. get there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well.
0: All right, moving on to your number eight, um, which should be fairly easy to talk about. Um, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Which is Room 237.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. So I'll try to keep it short, but I do, I really love this movie. Um, it, For one thing, I mean, the, the Shining is one of my favorite movies of all time. In fact, it is in my top five films of all time. Um, and I, I really like this movie because... It is a The Shining is a very strange movie if you really think about it. It's a very strange movie. Stanley Kubrick puts a lot of really strange things in it that you can that are open to interpretation. And actually, I think that what makes this movie so entertaining is that I I also, you know, I also don't, you know, I don't I don't buy a lot of these theories, but the people talking about them are so passionate about them. And they point out these things constantly that don't, don't necessarily make me go like, Oh, hmm, what if, you know, what if Stanley Kubrick really did fake the moon landing and this movie was his way of telling us, which is ridiculous. But I just, I really, um, I, I I enjoy their, their passion and the, the, the the craziness of the theory sometimes is what makes me laugh. Like the whole thing, with the you know someone who keeps seeing uh image of a minotaur in there or face in the clouds it's ridiculous but i think it's also it, it reminds me of like you know how i would you know stay up all night talking about movies with people and you just break down these little minute details that are only in your own head but i mean there's something so, so interesting about that you know i mean to to pick apart a movie to that level especially a movie that makes it this easy to pick apart and there are really strange things in there like uh you know, the impossible window. They go in detail about the, the window that's there that can't possibly be there geographically. Did Stanley Kubrick do that on purpose or was it like an accident? Who knows? Uh, why is Jack Nicholson reading like a Playgirl magazine in the lobby? Like, that was an obvious... Like, Stanley Kubrick never put anything in his movies without purpose. Um, and, like, there was, a, there was a conscious decision to make it a Playgirl and not a Playboy. And, like, why either one? Um, so there's a lot of really strange things in that movie. Not that I give any credence to these theories. Uh, I just think it's entertaining to hear them talk about it. Um, and um, the one that I do give credence to is the idea that, because I, I had actually thought of it before, is that the idea that it's it's partially about um, uh, Native American uh, deaths. And I, I always picked up on that theory. And I'm not going to go off on a tangent about it. But, uh, yeah, it's just, to me, I love watching The Shining. I love thinking about all the different weird things in that movie and seeing it broken down by people who are a little around the bend, I think, but uh, entertainingly so, I guess. So, yeah, I, I I love that movie. I wasn't sure if you would like it. Sorry you didn't, but, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I just I, came I, away with the same feeling that you came away with. I just found it to be, you know, silly. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is in, in a lot of ways, but I, I, I guess I, I like it. <laughs>
0: cool. All right. Moving on to my
1: number seven, um,
0: which is going to be Marley. Um, uh, basically biography yeah. of Bob Marley, uh, basically just chronicles his life. Um, you know, Bob Marley was a little bit before our time, I guess, if you will. I mean, we all know his music and that sort of stuff, but we weren't really around when he was, you know, prevalent, you know what I mean? We were infants if that. Um, So I didn't know a lot about him, and I honestly didn't know anything about his death before I'd seen this film. Not a lot. I'd heard rumors about it, but, you know, I didn't know a lot about it. Um, So it was a very interesting uh, documentary for me because I didn't know a lot about him. I just knew the music, and, you know, he's from Jamaica, and, you know, all that stuff that comes along with that. But it was really good to get a really good insight into, you know, his lives, his beginnings, uh, his kids, and... You know kind of what he was really all about and that sort of thing so um so i really enjoyed it i thought it was a great documentary definitely one i would urge anybody that's a, a fan of reggae music or bob marley or just music in general to, um or just a music or just a story about someone that's really interesting um definitely urge you to check out marley and that is my number seven film
1: yeah i think we saw that together didn't we no a... no wait, wait wait no 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 oh maybe not maybe not i'm not sure anyway um yeah, that's a really good, really good documentary. I'm a big fan of Bob Marley. I'm a big fan of documentaries. Um, so yeah, um, and also you, I didn't know. You know, I knew his music, but I didn't know a whole lot about him personally, and I didn't. I don't even know if I knew for sure how he died. I didn't know that yeah, he was. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, didn't, I didn't know how he
0: died. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't for sure. You know, I had heard rumors that he he had been shot on stage, and
1: which is true,
0: but I didn't realize that wasn't how he actually died. So um, you know, so right. I, I was I wasn't for sure. So
1: right yeah yeah, excellent excellent movie
0: yeah for sure cool moving right along to your number seven um and i'll bring that in and it's going to be moonrise kingdom
1: moonrise kingdom yeah i love moonrise kingdom um it i'm a big wes anderson fan i've i've loved almost all of his movies um this is probably somewhere in the middle if i was to rank it um i do really like it a lot it's about two two uh two kids that, that basically run away together. Um, that's the very, very broad outline. Uh, being Wes, being a Wes Anderson movie, it's filled out with all these colorful characters and who are kind of strange and weird in their own different ways. And it's got a great cast, Francis McDormand, Edward Norton, uh, Bruce Willis, the one and only time you, I you know, I never would have imagined Bruce Willis being in a Wes Anderson movie, but he's actually really good in this movie. Um but, yeah, it's just a really fun movie. If if you're not a Wes Anderson fan, it's not going to change your mind because it's very Wes Anderson. Um, but if you are a Wes Anderson fan, then you're going to tune in and enjoy it like you do probably most of his other movies. So, yeah, Moonrise Kingdom, excellent movie.
0: Cool. Yeah, I I I love Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, in fact, it's it's, it's my number uh, six film. So we can just stop oh. right there, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I love Moonrise Kingdom, and I'm not the biggest Wes Anderson fan. He's a little hit or miss for me. I like some of his movies better than others. Um, but this one's definitely for me. It's actually in the in the upper echelon for me. Um, but um, but I I definitely like this one. It's really quirky, like all of his films are um you know so like you said you kind of have to almost be in the wes anderson camp in order to really enjoy that the the quirkiness and nuances of it some people don't get into that i do know people that just aren't fans of him at all like I said, I'm, I'm i'm hit or miss with them but i definitely enjoyed this one quite a bit and that's why it's a little bit oh well one spot up from yours basically so but cool yeah great great choice yeah. great film you're only off by one place. So, uh, to you for only being off by one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
0: Cool. Cool. That was, that was simple and easy. Um, uh, so then we can just roll right into your number six. Um, and I'll bring that in, which is uh silver lining playbook.
1: Yep. Silver linings playbook. Uh, most people should know this movie. It was nominated for a million Oscars. It was a big hit. Um, this movie totally took me by surprise. Not that I didn't think I would like it, um, because I'm a big fan of the director, David O. Russell. He's made a lot of really good movies. Um, I guess I just wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. But this is a movie that I I think I saw in the theater like five times, I think, because I kept wanting to go back and take people I know. You know, it was like I wanted to take my brother. I wanted to take my mom. You know, I wanted to take, you know, everybody, you know, because I really, really liked it a lot. Um, and, yeah, it's it's... You know, um, it's been a while since I watched it because after you watch a movie five, six times, you can probably let it sit for a little while. Um, but, uh, you know, it's probably do, do a rewatch, um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's a movie, Bradley Cooper, uh, he's got mental illness, right? If Mm -hmm. I remember right, this sounds bad because I'm talking about how good it is and then I don't remember the details, but
0: he had like a mental breakdown, Breakdown. um, basically his wife, uh, he catches her. Uh, basically, cheating on him and has a mental breakdown from that. Basically, uh, I would say she, had, right. she has a mental illness as well, though. Jennifer Lawrence, um, yeah, she's got they both have issues, basically. So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I know some people have uh, you know criticized it as being you know not realistic or you know dismissive of mental illness. And you know, I, it, it's a movie, it's a movie, and you know, I think it's a really good movie, and uh, they're both really good in it. Robert De Niro is really good in it. The whole mm-hmm. cast, Chris Tucker, you know, it was great to see. You don't see Chris Tucker that much these days, but, uh, you know, it's good to see him wherever he pops up. Yeah, um, outside of and... film. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, well, that's um, what he just... wanted
0: to do was rush hour films for the most part, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good to see him pop up in something that's kind of atypical, you yeah.
0: know, for you
1: know, this is not the kind of movie that he normally does. Like, uh, a because he plays like a, mental,
0: uh, mm-hmm. uh, a mental patient as well. Because yeah, basically, Bradley Cooper has a nervous breakdown and is in a mental institution because of his nervous breakdown, and uh, he's also and in, and in, uh, 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 he's also in there with them as well. So, but yeah, it's, you know, it's based about mental illness, if anything. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an excellent movie. It's just an excellent movie. Uh, the acting is great. The dialogue is great. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a holiday film, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just a really good movie. just a really good movie, period. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I
0: love it. It, It's quite a ways up in my countdown. So it'll be on the next show. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I, I definitely love Silver Lining Playbook. It's like I said, it was one of my favorite movies of that year. And what I really liked about it is, um, the previous year, and it was in our other top ten, uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, is in, um, the, um, um, crap, what's the name of the other movie now? I just forgot. It's in my tongue. Uh, but he's in that movie playing, like, this really, like, confident the, with the pill, uh, uh, um. Oh, uh,
1: Limitless. Limitless, yeah, right. yeah. he's, yeah, he's yeah. Always,
0: like, this more confident, super intelligent, smart guy, and then this film goes on the next year, and he plays, like, this, like, mental, you know, uh, nervous breakdown unconfident unsure of himself guy and so it was i, I thought it was a pretty c- pretty good contrast from film to film you know so uh definitely shows that he he can't act and and play you know multiple different roles and wasn't going to be typecasted and that kind of stuff so um so yeah yeah great uh great great film like i said definitely we'll be talking more about that in, in the second show as well so
1: yeah and honestly i will i will say that like um i i love it probably almost as much as you do it's just like this is one of those years where it was actually hard to make the top 10. Like the last couple that we've done, it was not that hard. Yeah, you know, I was this my, 2012 my was pretty Fly, good. And
0: I, and I've rearranged the order. This is the first year where I really had to go through and shuffle the order around based on, um, how many times I've seen the films, because I had to rewatch them, the films to even get the, the placement of it. But there are really, really good films in there, uh, in that year. Right. Jennifer Lawrence is in another really, really good film in this year as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it was, it was a really tough year. There's some really, really good films that are going to come with my top half that I, that I really really love so for sure yep yep cool yep well that's our bottom half of our show Um, (laughs) so Uh uh, hopefully you enjoyed it let us know down in the comments uh, you know your take on it Uh, do you like these films would you rank them higher lower let us know in the comments obviously we didn't touch on a film that you love you know stick around for the next show or come watch the next show because we'll definitely have more uh, more discussions and more films from that year that we like even more so We thank you for watching. We ask that you like, uh, obviously comment, uh, subscribe if you like the channel, and we'll be back again with another show for you guys again real soon. We thank you for watching, and hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.